Hello, world. It's the ladies of Nerditude again. My name is Jill. And I'm Francine. How are you? Surviving. How are you? Uh, same. <laughs> yeah. It's all you can do, you know? It's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what have you been doing to keep yourself sane lately, nerd-wise? Yeah. So oddly enough, I've been... It's almost like, you know, when you doom scroll, like, through the internet. But I've been, like, doom watching really, like, sad... TV series and oh, stuff. Okay. Um. Not. I. I just feel like it. It uh, is like a comfortable space to be in because, like, I'm not trying to make myself happier or whatever. <laughs> you know. So we were just talking about like watching, um, things about like fraudster people. Oh yeah. You know, like that is not a happy story. It's not going to make me feel better. It's going to make me feel worse about humanity. But like, it's interesting and it's like. Like, oh, the dark side of people because people are terrible. <laughs> and that makes you feel better? It makes me feel, I don't know, like like this is the world. So I don't have right. to, you know? I don't know. I don't know. But it's been very interesting. I, I'm i enjoying like a, a true story these days with some fiction thrown in. <laughs> hmm. But it about, works for you. I know. It's just, you know, like whatever makes me feel like this is something i feel like doing i just do it i mean hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know even if it's not the best choice perhaps um what have you been doing lately i've been doing the opposite fair i've been um i got out of my reading slump not too long ago so i've been pretty jazzed on that so i've been reading a lot about mm, just I just fiction. I yeah. just like take me away from here kind of thing. Um, but also kind of not because I've been reading the Diviners series. I just finished the third book. I have to take a little bit of a break from it right now because those are like those are like 500 some odd pages each. Yeah. So and that last one was pretty intense. So um, and there are five, four, four. And you're up to three. Mm -hmm. So you've so only I've, got one. I got one left. Yeah. Um, but those, are, those take place in the 1920s and those follow like historical events pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like, I would actually recommend them because on one hand they're kind of depressing because it talks about like the real history of America and all of the diviners are, um, from communities that have been looked down upon mm. throughout american history and but they've got the power sure so so it's, it's, so it's weirdly kind of like uplifting yeah. in places and stuff like that so i don't know it's kind of a bummer but it's also kind of cool at the same time i don't know it's, sounds accurate to the world so I mean, yeah that... so <laughs> yeah um and then today i started reading all of us villains mm pretty stoked on that yeah where you know you know what people are gonna kill each other yeah sure um but i've also been reading uh some stuff from marvel press and loki comics and things like that so yeah i'm just trying to like i don't know yeah read and get my mind off things and i've been watching a lot of cooking competition shows always a staple because that I get really wrapped up in that and the world is okay for a minute when Gordon Ramsay is yelling at you that your your chicken is raw, you know? Yeah. It's, so. it's a very real moment and yet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like yelling at the TV like I'd do any better. Like 
totally <laughs> um but one of the things i've been reading a lot of lately is mythology and fairy tale retellings heck yeah that is such a thing it's like very a thing yeah. trendy right now mm-hmm. so we're gonna talk about it yeah and it's it's one of those things that's been trendy like forever mm-hmm. you know like people love to retell mythological stories and there's a reason that those stories stick around for so long and it's kind of cool to see them reinterpreted throughout like time you know and in different places and stuff fascinating shit like the way the victorians talked about classical Mm -hmm. myth is like different but also kind of similar to the way that we talk about it now very cool topic i'm glad you you uh mentioned it to me yes i like i'd um i've been into mythology and fairy tales since I can remember and I took like any class that my university had about mythology or fairy tales things like that um loved it Mm -hmm. and I don't know what happened in like the last couple of years but like it exploded yeah I think it's because Madeline Miller but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure yeah um but man there's (laughs) a lot of it and some of it is really really good and some of it I'm just like what the actual fuck yeah are we <laughs> doing here um and the i like okay you really liked mythology growing up too yes right? very much i'm a classical studies minor in my yeah, undergrad I was say, I yeah <laughs> okay so like you know the story of hades and persephone mm-hmm. so like i don't know the last like two or three years hades and persephone have been like the business mm-hmm. and but like these smutty retellings <laughs> of it, I That's I thing. I have only read one retelling of okay. Hades and Persephone, and that is Lore Olympus, which has been a webtoon for a couple of years now. But now they're coming out in like volumes of books. Fucking love it. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not as smutty. It's just like oh look at this cute little romance. Yeah, oh, he's the god of death and she's the god of spring. <laughs> like cool. But what new quirky neighbors fall in love? Yeah, yeah, right. And I've always thought that their story was really cute because you know when we were kids, Hercules from Disney came yes. out and they made Hades look like the devil. But he was like, funny. He was funny, but not the same. But he wasn't the Hades yeah. from mythology. And I, what nine year old kid was annoyed with that? Me, <laughs> but like. That's not accurate to the. That's not what Hades was like. <laughs> Where's Persephone? And then you had like the Percy Jackson series came out, and I didn't read those. I was a little bit too old for that. Me too. But I watched the movies. I watched the first movie. Um, and it felt very like Harry Potter does mythology more directly. <laughs> yeah, and I, but then Hades and Persephone were not depicted the way that I expected them to be in that. Mm. So anyway, I don't know what happened the last couple of years, but like there's so many books about Hades and Persephone now, but it's like with a twist. <laughs> this time he owns a casino. This time, you know, like there's... they're both horses. No, I don't know if that's a real I, I don't know. I think it's is it this one? Yeah. Um I think it's Neon Gods by Katie Robert. Mm. I think that's the one where he like owns a casino and all this stuff. And then there's like, get it? The casino is hell. Like, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, what's this one about? Oh, of course, my phone doesn't want to scroll correctly. Um, but there's another one that's called A Touch of Darkness. Oh, by Scarlet Saint Clair, and that's another one that's supposed to be like 
Is it like smexy? Like, like ooh. the lure of the yeah. the god of death. Yeah, are they right. are they actually mythological beings in these stories? So now I, I will admit I have not read any of okay, these. I, so I don't know, but I keep because I like mythology retellings and because I like fairy tale retellings, I keep getting these recommended to me. Sure. So I keep reading the descriptions, but then I go You're like no. I mean they could be good <laughs> potentially, but I'm not gonna lie. Hearing that Hades runs a casino and stuff like that, I'm just like, you could have just wrote a new story. Like, I think you've taken the retelling way too far left field. And at this point, you're just relying on their names being Hades and Persephone. Mm -hmm. But my understanding is that they are still deities, but they're like in hiding or something. So it's like a hammer of the gods supernatural situation? I think so. Huh. Okay. um, From my understanding. But then, like, even just in this category, there's another one called Hot as Hades by Alicia Rye. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, so I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, everybody's got a boner for the god of death from Greek mythology. And are these considered to be, like, in the romance genre? I think so. So Um, it's... It's like mythology, or at least the story of Hades and Persephone, is like cool as a romance trope. Yeah. Kind of like pirate and wench, or, you know, right, like farmer exactly. and, farmer's daughter and, and farmhand. Then, so there's a sequel to Neon Gods, Oh, and it's called Electric Idol. It's by Katie Robert, and that one is about Psyche and Eros. Hmm. So, and it's like, yeah, in the ultra-modern city of Olympus, blah, blah, blah. And it's like... <laughs> Um, I don't. All right. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> mm, see, this is where I get really torn about who I am as a person <laughs> because I'm like, tell me about your existential crisis. Because, okay, so I majored in literature in college. Yes. And I always hated my fellow literature majors who were like book snobs. Mm, sure. You know, like, you know, that typical yes. James Joyce oh, is pure. Oh, I read Ulysses. I carry yes. a typewriter with me and like smoke hashish <laughs> and wear a hat. Like that sounds you like know, many they, literature. They want to yeah. be the next American novelist mm-hmm. and they think they're cool. But it's like, OK, sh- whatever. Um, <laughs> I think that 98 percent of books have some kind of value to them. Sure. And even if that is like, you know erotic or whatever is you know if you're getting something out of it cool Mm -hmm. good for you yeah but like some of them i'm just kind of (laughs) like there's a few and then i feel bad because then i'm like i'm being that person that i hate but when i see somebody our age reading twilight and enjoying it or reading yeah certain stuff like 50 shades of gray sure things like that i'm just kind of like not go ahead read all the smut you want i don't care but the stuff that like Fifty Shades of Grey, for example, mm-hmm. is um not not good. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, it like encourages abuse and things like that. And yeah. I'm just not I'm not here for that. So I I'm given to understand that the Neon Gods <laughs> situation has some BDSM type stuff oh. in it. So I don't know if that's hmm, part of that audience or something. I don't know, but it's. Mm, yeah and it it, in a way it kind of makes sense to me now i do not these books do not get recommended to me (laughs) 
Um, I was <laughs> say about us as people. I just, they just don't. And I think it's because I don't like. I don't have a Goodreads account. I'm not like, po- you know, mm, like, yeah, I'm not this is all posting. Goodreads telling me to read this. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not feeding the algorithms that tell you what to, you know, like I get stuff on Amazon, but it's usually about like serial killers because those are like the free books that I get every month yeah, from Amazon, yeah, you know? So feeding the algorithm is definitely part of it. Um, but I, I feel like to a point, I understand where the pieces fit together to a point. Mm-hmm. You've got the romance genre, which is thanks to like self-publishing, thanks to, you know, people being able to order books online, get ebooks and things mm-hmm. like that. That genre is very popular. Like not really, you know, like, oh, this is a book I keep in my nightstand and no one knows yeah, I Yeah, because no one it. can see the cover and stuff. Exactly. exactly. So I remember judging those people on airplanes because it's like <laughs> right? not, not that you're reading that, but that you're reading it in, in public. public. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... Yes. And I feel like the internet has like changed our understanding of like, whoa, I can't believe you do that in public, you know, (laughs) Um, because you can hide it a little bit more and you can also be a little bit more like shameless about it, too. So it's that combination Mm -hmm. culture. The cultural milieu has changed how we think about romance as a genre. And then if you're like, okay, I'm going to write a romance book. I'm not going to do that. But like, let's pretend that that's a person that you are. Where do you go for inspiration? Gods and goddesses and mythology Forbidden stories, love stories, and... full of fucking like sex and violence <laughs> and all of the things that yeah. you could possibly need for a romance story. And it's public domain. I was going to say, I think that's another <laughs> big draw yeah. of it. Um, And I think it's like stories that most people are vaguely familiar totally. with. Because like, even if you don't know Hades and Persephone, you at least know Hades. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you've got the like cultural like familiarity Mm -hmm. where it will get somebody to pick up the book, maybe. Right. Or another character, um, another figure that I see a fuck ton of is Medusa. All the time. For better or for worse. is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I love Medusa. I have always loved Medusa. But there's like some really interesting depictions of her. Mm-hmm. That I've read. Now, going back to the whole ebook thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for a while, I had the, what was the, the Amazon Book Prime, mm-hmm. whatever that's called. The, like, subscription Unlimited, mm-hmm. yeah. I had that for a little while, and I was trolling through some, like, mythology retellings and stuff because, hey, it's free, and, you know, sometimes they can be really good. Yeah. Um, this one, I, I hate finished it. You hate finished it. Um, and it was about Medusa? It was about Medusa. And it was like the weirdest <laughs> thing. Um, and it was just one of those examples of like, okay, this this took a bad turn. Mm. And it was because, you know, in the original mythology, Medusa was mortal. Mm-hmm. Right? And she got her head cut off. It all ended badly for everybody. <laughs> so in this book... That didn't happen, and she's immortal. Mm. Why? I don't know. Because that's what you she need for the book. She lives in New York City, and she oh. just has special contact lenses, and she wears a turban, and her snakes, like, just hang out. Wait. She gets through <laughs> airport security with nobody noticing that she has snakes on her head. Wait. Okay? <laughs> like, like, there were just so many that things like that where I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I will 
I will read a story about modern day Medusa. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, but it's interesting. But, but then like, do this it, is not do it well. Like, cause like, cause the whole time I was thinking she flew from New York city to Athens and nobody noticed that her turban was moving. No, one, like no little snake, like pop. They're very well trained. They're quiet. Yeah. They're still, they're not hungry. They're just it's fine. You know? And I was like, hmm, okay, all right. And it was this whole big throwdown with, Athena, and so she, all but the... she was actually in love with Poseidon. There was like a mm. whole lot of stuff going on that I was mm. like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> no Perseus, no, really?" I guess. And then there be... was a sequel called Hecate, and I couldn't do it to myself. <laughs> You're like not even. Gonna I was sign like, up. <laughs> "No," but um, yeah, Medusa's in a lot of stuff and i know that a lot of women are getting tattoos of mm. her lately because she's also a symbol for um rape victims yeah um, she's coming back like the narrative around her has yeah. changed there was that um that really cool statue that was made of her mm -hmm. that was kind of like a direct answer to the perseus holding the head of medusa statue so she's she's definitely a narrative that's getting like reclaimed and like recon like recontextualized yeah. Which is great. I mean, like, if people go back to mythological stories and they find, uh, you know, a character or, like, a story that speaks to them and speaks to their experience, like, it's mythology. Mm -hmm. That's part of what it does. So I, I think that's great. You know, like, if you go back there to that well and yeah. you're like, this is a story that makes me feel seen, makes me feel better, makes me feel, you know, like, any type of positive constructive emotion right. and that's I, great i'm glad that she finally got like their credit that she deserved because like remember when we were kids like she was still a monster yeah she's right? always a villain she was a monster she was a villain she had it coming and mm -hmm. now it's like no she was a victim and then there's the whole debate over whether or not the snakes are a curse or a gift mm. so, which one could say about many things yeah so um yeah she's she's really fascinating but i have yet to see anything book wise that has like really been good mm. so but i think all of them a lot of the retelling stuff seems to focus on greek yes and i think that has to be because of madeline miller and my homie stephen fry <laughs> they definitely uh, uh put it out there in the pop culture mm -hmm. like a lot um there's also, I feel like uh, when you think about mythology, the very first thing that comes to most pop, like pop culture, you know, like cultural just touchstone is like Greek and Roman. People feel like they Norse. know those stories. They understand. Yeah. Norse being like a I would say close second. The, the top two mm -hmm. for sure in the United States, at least. Yeah. It's just like that's that's what people know, you know, during the the like human history where you know literature was a thing and stuff like that they were like sort of held up as very like high ancient civilizations mm -hmm. you know like that was an egyptian too i was gonna say that egyptian probably comes in like third place because mm -hmm. they're like when we were in school like you read the iliad mm -hmm. or the odyssey one of those and we you studied learned. a lot about egyptian yeah. mythology yep. um but yeah, it was like the rest of the world didn't it just didn't matter. <laughs> I think I learned about Norse on my own. I don't think we talked about that in school, except for when we learned the days of the week, mm, like the history sure. of those, like Thor's day mm -hmm. and stuff. But yeah, I mean, we never talked about, you know, Chinese mythology yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Like who's learning about, you know, Aboriginal Australian 
right. mythology. That's not really a thing. Um, I recall learning, you know, like uh, Mesoamerican when we like talked about the Inca and the Aztec and the Maya, you learn a little bit about the mythology. Mostly like feathered had, serpents. <laughs> I, like I remember them saying that there was like a sun god. Yeah. I remember them saying mm-hmm. that. And I think, well, we talked a little bit about Native American mythology, particularly Paiute, since that was a that, tribe a, that was near yeah, us. Yeah, function of where you grew up. Um, sure. But other than that, I don't really think... Yeah, we talked about a lot about like Coyote, the trickster, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, we didn't really. But but the but the cool thing now is that it's it's spreading. There's yes. a lot of new stuff that I am like fucking stoked to read about. So yeah. one of them that I actually have it on my bookshelf, but I haven't Yay. read it, is Skin of the Sea by Natasha Bowen. Ooh, do you tell? I'm intrigued. So this this is one story that I remember from elementary school, and I do think that it's one of the only ones that we heard out of Africa. Okay. Do you know what Mami Wada is? A little bit. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I don't know either. Um, But they're like water spirits that collect souls. Okay. Um, and this just looks so interesting. Um, this woman who was once human, um, she's now Mommy Wada. Um, and she like, I started to read it a little bit on my cruise that I went on, but then, um, stopped because I got distracted by the free ice cream <laughs> and it, and it's like a really intense story so i wanted to give it my full focus but sure. like i started to read it and, and like the first chapter was she swims beneath a slave ship and waits for them to throw people off oh and then she comforts them and tells them that she'll take them home that is really and intense. i was like yeah wow. so i'm really excited to read that um that's yeah very important um but that's one from West Africa. Mm. And, you know, but then we, I think when I was growing up, the only other one I remember from Africa was Anansi. Yeah. That was the big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, a trickster mm -hmm. seems to be the one. Mr. Nancy. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Neil Gaiman. Um, (laughs) It seems like the trickster becomes the figure that most people know. Mm -hmm. If it's a mythology, that's like not really quote unquote, like popular. The trickster seems to be the one that still oh, comes everybody through. everybody knows Loki, right? right? <laughs> like, everyone wants to talk about the one that's, like, a troublemaker. Yeah. They have the best stories. It's always stirring shit up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised that that's the one that I know, like, I mean, that most people know. Yeah. And speaking of Loki, I loved The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornichek. You've mentioned that to me before, that that was, like, a good that retelling. so good. Because um, that's more about Angraboda. Um, if you don't know your Norse mythology, that is Loki's wife, one of his wives, because, you know, Loki. <laughs> um, but she is a witch, and she can see the future, and she's the one who has his children. Mm-hmm. She's known as the mother of monsters. Including the horse that's Odin's? N- no. no. Uh, Loki, is, Loki is Sleipnir's mother. Oh, right, right. That's why, Yes. Mm. <laughs> Somehow yes. that all went down. Um, right. You're right. Right. Um, no, she had Jormungand, the snake. Ah, uh, okay. And then Fenris, the wolf, and Hel, 
the goddess of death it gets all mixed up in the thor movies so if you're yeah, uh, so if you're going by them for your north mythology north mythology you're going to be confused <laughs> yeah because like loki and thor are not brothers and all kinds of stuff but that was a really good one yeah i thought but it's mostly told from anger boda's point of view um and is it a modern no it's like it's like in the past it's it's like as the norse mythology is taking place okay so it's in the mythological past. Yes. They're just, she's just, the author is just telling the story mm-hmm. from someone's specific point of view, mostly. Mm-hmm. And is it like more sort of balanced and fair, like in that way that a lot of the modern retellings are? Where they're like, no one's really a bad guy here. <laughs> um. Yes, I would say because... You get to see the bad side of Thor, mm. and you get to see the good and the bad side of Loki, okay. so on and so forth. And you kind of like everybody is making their decisions and doing their thing. And then I think it's also good trigger warning for anybody who's been in kind of like an abusive relationship mm. because Marvel Loki and mythological Loki are very different. Yes. And... A lot of the story is how much is Angraboda willing to put up with mm. from him. I see. Kind of thing. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting because, you like, there's points where you're just like, oh, my God, what the fuck are you doing? And then there's other points where it's like, oh, I see how he weaseled out of that one mm. and, and stuff. So, and I liked it. I thought yeah. it was a really good retelling. And it sounds like it's a very, like, human, like, in the way that mythology really is, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're these these deities, these, like, big figures, and yet they have such human habits and foibles right. and behaviors, mm-hmm. which is probably another thing that makes modern retellings very attractive. Right. And I think that that is something that, unless you studied mythology, a lot of people don't get, like, the gods were basically... Such petty bitches. Like... <laughs> seriously so petty and i like that in the witch's heart there were times when loki um because he actually wasn't a you know one of the icier um so he was like a frost giant and he Mm -hmm. just was kind of counted among them when it was convenient and he was always like the escape goat right um and he bitches about that in the book of course like oh yeah sure (laughs) Mm -hmm, i got us out of that one but it's still my fault somehow and and it's just like it's very human mm-hmm. to be like, huh, well, that must be nice to, like, get to have all the prestige and, like, decide yeah. when I'm... And I know. liked that they talked about some of the dumb shit that Thor did and some of the cruel things that Thor did. It's a long Because it's list. like he's not just <laughs> yeah. Chris Hemsworth, okay? <laughs> Even though we all wish... Dude. ...that, uh, you know, you could just, like, he could just come on down and hang out and be, like, a sweet, you know, like, wonderful person, a hero... Uh, mythology is not always like a simple hero and villain story. It's not. Um, but yeah, going back to the um, the ones that you know you don't hear about as much that aren't like Greek or Norse and things. Um, there is. I haven't read this either, but Iron Widow by Sharon J. Zhao. Hmm. I, I have no idea if I said that right. Is that a Chinese mythology? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a feminist sci-fi story inspired by Chinese history. Hmm. It's a nonstop alien adventure that is truly unlike anything you've ever read. According wow. to this thing, description, um, that 
is supposed to be really good. And I see it everywhere. I'm sure you've seen this cover. I have. Yes. I did not know um, that it was about Chinese so history. But this uh, woman who wrote this, I follow on YouTube. And it took me forever to like put together that she was the person who wrote this. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> um, but on YouTube, she has a channel. I'll have to find a link to it. Um, she goes through representations of Chinese culture in the media and tells you what is correct and what's hmm. not correct. So I watched um, when she talked about like uh, Mulan, sure. things like that. It was, it was really interesting. That's interesting. And I like, uh, again, like the internet feels like a way, like what the internet was meant to do, right? Like way back when the dreamers were dreaming it up, it was supposed to be democratizing. It was supposed to give people a voice. It was supposed to, you know, like help bring people closer together, even when they were separated geographically or culturally or, or generationally or whatever. Mm -hmm. Things like that feel like that's, that's the pure internet. You know, like here's this woman who maybe wouldn't have been able to get published because people wouldn't have paid attention to her. She wouldn't have had the, you know, like the 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 right connections to get published in a traditional world. But here she is with a YouTube channel that mm -hmm. you found that you watch. Now she has a book like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That people can do that kind of thing. And I feel like that's a great way to be a modern storyteller. From like a, you know, mythological, mm -hmm. like uh, oral tradition type of, of way. Um, it's so cool that people can do that. And then, of course, you get the other side of that coin, which is like, oh, I'm going to write a BDSM romance book about Hades and Persephone. So, you, you know, you open that door and you open it for all people. <laughs> the good, the bad, the indifferent. Yeah. Um, but it it's nice to be able to see that like other mythologies mm -hmm. are getting their moment on the stage yeah. because the stage is so big. Exactly. Because that's great. I'm, and I really am enjoying finding ones about mythology that I'm not familiar with because it's like, okay, it's Hades and Persephone. Love it, but I already know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but then there's like this new one. Um, well, it's not new now, but it's only a couple of years old. Gods of Jade and Shadow. By Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. That I've actually heard of. Yeah. Yep. Um, Haven't read it. I've heard it's fucking amazing. But I've heard of it and I, I heard good things. 1920s, Mexico. <laughs> Let's go. Yep. I, Very cool. Um, yeah. And that is, I believe, an Aztec god, I think, in that one. That sounds right, but I honestly don't. I could be. Don't remember. I, oh, I'm sorry. The Mayan god of death. Got it. Okay. Still cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I, I'm just like, and it, even just um, Orchidia Divina, that one that I read, um, The Inheritance of Orchidia Divina, that was kind of mythology and kind of not, but it mm. was so fascinating and interesting because it was like Colombian storytelling and it was like types of magic that I wasn't familiar mm. with and stuff. It was just so good. Yeah. It's a great way to like showcase a culture that's like you as the author, it's your culture. It's maybe even the stories that you grew up with mm -hmm. or the stories that you were told you couldn't know because you were trying to assimilate. But it's right. a way to like celebrate and, mm -hmm. and expose other people to these like ways of thinking and ways of like understanding the world that they are just not even knowledgeable of. Very cool. Yeah. I think that like learning the mythology of a culture you just you learn so much about them and what what's true values mm -hmm. in their culture or like 
like, I don't know, the different interpretations of magic and things like that fascinates me. Yeah. Um, I Even also, the gender roles you in know, stories are fascinating. Yeah. And they can be really different. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it makes, it makes you think about things in a different way. It does. And like, I used to really like Russian folklore, you know, with, um, oh, the lady in the chicken house. Um, that is a folklore I know nothing about. Uh, <laughs> nothing like that. Oh my just... God. No, she's the Russian witch. And I totally had her name on my mind until <laughs> Baba Yaga. Oh, okay. Well, that, I actually do know. Yeah, li- like she from lives a, in a house that has chicken legs. Uh, sure, I've seen and it, that. And it runs those around. drawings. Yeah. Yes, sure. Um, but that's really like a cultural tradition that I am not familiar with. It's just, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's or like Papa Legba, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that was who um, Facilier was supposed to be in Princess and the Frog. Pretty right? much, yeah. Yeah. That's like your sort of Afro-Caribbean, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like a very syncretic religious and spiritual and mythological because you had like African mm-hmm. stories and traditions mixed with like um, Christianity because there was a lot of, you know, like conversion going on at the time. And then, of course, there was like slavery and, the you know, um, the farming trades and all of that kind of stuff, like all sort of mixed together and some really fascinating cultural traditions and stories came out of that sort of like mixture oh yeah um and it's stuff that i think like people know from a pop culture perspective right like zombies and like voodoo mm -hmm. and like you know that kind they they think they know but if you really go and you like read the stories it's much different than what pop culture has turned it into yeah and that's that's an interesting thing in and of itself like when you go back and you read some of the original oral tradition and you look at like some of the ori- origins of some of the stories, you trace them back to Africa, you know, and you like look at what the story looked like before Christianity got involved. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really fascinating. Um, and it, it sort of gets its like transformation put into modern stories, but not not always in a very uh, constructive way. Right. Yeah, I, um, it's amazing what people do with, uh, mythology and, and fairy tales. And I always going to love American gods, <laughs> the like classic by Neil Gaiman, because I don't know, it just, I don't know. It's brilliant to me personally, but, and I like that it touched on so many different mm-hmm. mythologies and, how it still impacted people. Yeah. Yeah. So. And pulling things from totally different times and places and kind of like putting them all together mm-hmm. in a shared world is fucking fascinating. Oh, yeah. The old gods versus the new gods. Fascinating. And all that. That's hard as shit to do because <laughs> that could have gone wrong oh my so many ways. But. It's fascinating to, like, think about mythologies that way. That's a truly, like, modern way of thinking about mythology is, like, you know, these ideas and these stories, like, they've been around, they're still around, but they're getting replaced and, like, overwritten sometimes and they kind of, like, fall to the background or they turn into things that they weren't. There's different versions of each god. Fascinating. Loved it. Fascinating. Um, And Neil Gaiman is a person who certainly takes mythology seriously 
Oh my gosh, yes. Because I was going to say, he's got Sandman, which <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know Netflix is going to do it. I don't know how I feel about it because I, I so loved the Audible version with mm. all like, they had like Kat Dennings and Michael Sheen and everybody in it. It was just like so good that now when I hear certain characters in my head, that's who, sure. who it is. So I, like, I don't know how I feel about that on Netflix, but... I'm there for it. And he also wrote one of my personal favorites, uh, Snow Glass Apples. Which I have not read. Oh, my God. But I know you love it. Um, <laughs> it's a fairy tale retelling, and it's a retelling of Snow White. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> love it. Is it huge like all of his stuff is? No. Oh, it's small? No, it's like Wow. A, I think I read it in maybe an hour. I'm impressed with Neil Gaiman right um, now. I thought he could only write like a 700 bajillion page book. <laughs> no, he's got a few that are... They're smaller. That are shorter. And there's another one that... Uh, it's some kind of retelling of The Wizard of Oz, and I haven't hmm. read that yet. But yeah, it's basically uh, Snow White's a vampire. I wouldn't have thought it would go there. Fucking but love it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But it's... And I also recently read... Um, Beasts and Beauty. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the author's name. Is that a, uh, just a Beauty and the Beast? No, it's um, a gentleman from, from either from India or of Indian descent. Oh, we were talking who, about this guy. Yeah, and he yes. wrote this book called Beasts and Beauty, and I'm trying to find his name right now. And that one did get suggested to me by the algorithms that be. Uh, <laughs> Why is this only showing me the books? Oh, dear Goodreads, please make my life easier and sort my books a different way. Ah, okay. So I might not say this right. Soman Chainani, mm -hmm. I believe is how you say his name, um, took a bunch of European fairy tales and rewrote them to either reflect fairy tales in India mm. or just kind of flipped the script right a bit um the only one that i wasn't crazy about was his version of jack and the beanstalk mm. that one was a little odd but like his version of little red riding hood <laughs> um so good or like beauty and the beast like he hansel and gretel was also really good yeah um and it was just really, I don't want to spoil any of them, but it's just like all of them is like you think you know what's going to happen. And then like the most unexpected thing will come <laughs> along. And you go, what the fuck? And it's awesome. <laughs> and I love it. And like Little Red Riding Hood is another one who's having like a moment. There's a Very million true. books about Little Red Riding Hood and she's either falling in love with the wolf or she actually mm -hmm. is the wolf for like <laughs> all these different things. But She's another character that's like resurging yeah. big time. She works at a corporation in the mailroom, and the CEO is the wolf and falls. Whoa. I know. I've Whoa. seen I didn't hear that one. So many different versions, and it's funny to me thinking about that as like a cautionary tale, and then turning it into a romance story. I'm like, I think either we missed the point, or we're trying to like change the narrative in a weird way. Well, do you remember? <laughs> In the early 2000s, when all of a sudden they were making all those movies where they were trying to take fairy tales and make them like action movies. Yes. Like, like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. And, uh, the Brothers the, Grimm. Yes. The Brothers Grimm. And there was that. Well, even Grendel. Like they tried to. Yeah. Just, yeah. And 
I should have been all about it, right? <laughs> they were mostly they not were good. Awful. And yeah. I and then I was like, okay. Or like Snow White and the Huntsman. Didn't couldn't even get through that one. I could not get through that. And that was like when Chris Hemsworth was first becoming like a thing and he was the huntsman and everybody was like, Hello. Hey, you could hunt me. Like <laughs> But the story wasn't good. It wasn't. And so but then like I wanted the Brothers Grimm was the one I was particularly disappointed with. That had um, a good premise. <sighs> Such a good idea. Fascinating idea. And then <laughs> bad CGI. It was so bad. Bad, like, story architecture. Not very good acting. It spun out of control. I don't... Right. And then it kind of went into television shows because then you had Sleepy Hollow mm -hmm. and Grimm. Mm -hmm. And what was the one I just oh, tried to watch? Uh, what was that one that everybody loved? Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Mm -hmm. Things like that. And those are the ones where... I tried to watch Once Upon a Time. And again, on paper, should have loved it. I tried to watch it too. I and couldn't. I just... I couldn't. It was too much of a leap for me. And so I don't know if I'm like a boring old lady or I'm too much of a traditionalist <laughs> to an extent. Because like I love a retelling. But then there comes a point where it's like this is so spun out of the original context that it's not that story to me anymore. And you've just taken character names and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. done different stuff You've with deconstructed it. it a little too much it's yeah <laughs> it's now the spaghetti bolognese that doesn't look anything like it and it's like why is this a meat foam and what's happening <laughs> yeah it's it's a too much you've gone too far what's going Something on here? has gone horribly awry here. yeah and maybe that's us being those pompous literature like majors hipster, yeah like, i knew this story before it was cool you and can't like, do that <laughs> that is not what Hansel and Gretel was about. Okay. I feel like it's a live and let live situation. That is not Medusa. <laughs> mm. To me, it's a live and let live situation. You can go and write and read whatever you want, but you are not free from consequences. <laughs> Some of it is just not, in my opinion, quality. Yeah. And you're going to have to deal with that as the author. You're going to get that kind of criticism, be it be it legitimate criticism or just people being cranky, whatever. I'm not going to say that, like, I'm right, you're right. You know, like, whoever mm -hmm. wants to make their their decision about a piece of artwork, using that term very loosely in some cases. But, you know, that's that's what happens when you put something creative out into the world. Even if it's really good and, like, we love it, it could still get... Say there's people who hate American gods. Mm -hmm. It could still get totally trashed by other people who are like, nope, I hate it. There's people who hate Marvel's Thor. Totally. So on so forth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. But I won't be sitting down to read some of those anytime <laughs> soon. But if that's your thing, power to you. It's there. Yeah. If that's your thing, it's totally there. And there's a lot of it. Like, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's a thing right now, for sure. And. Part of me is about it, and part of me is like, whoa, okay, one step too far. Um, yeah. And there's, there's like, it's it's even making its way into, and this has been the situation for a long time, but it's in video games. It's yeah. It's all over TV. It's all over, like, it's everywhere. You, like, cannot escape it. So it was in Supernatural. It's ever, yeah, it's even in new stories. Mm -hmm. They love to do like an episode about, you know, like the gods of old, especially if it's a mythological based story. Mm -hmm. The X-Files did it. Supernatural mm -hmm. did it. Like everyone's that charmed has done it about a bajillion times. <laughs> of course they did. Like it's always there. The story, you can't, 
do a new story in that type of space and not feel that pull right towards like the the classic mythological stories even if you want to do something crazy with it like make Hades run a casino and like you know but I don't like even even though I personally am not going to be probably reading that book about Hades running a, a casino I think it's also fascinating that like in some instances yeah you could have just like subbed in new characters and it wouldn't have made a difference you're just calling them by their old names but it's like also in another sense it's like we're still talking about these characters that people had thousands of years ago and yeah. so you're still kind of connected with the ancient world whether mm -hmm. you're Greek or not you know about the Greek gods whether you're Egyptian or not you know about Anubis and things like that and you know, that goes to the mummy movie, mm -hmm. right? And Moon Knight. Right. Which and is Moon Knight. not even out yet. But that's definitely, uh, you like know, that. the cult of Amit and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff is right there yeah. in the story. And it's, I don't know. It's kind of cool that we're still telling stories that, like, our ancestors, you know, mm -hmm. thought were real. They're powerful stories. Yeah. And, and they're still culturally relevant. Otherwise, we wouldn't be telling them anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's like, a lot of the Celtic gods are making their way back into things. Sadly, the Basque gods are not anywhere to be found. They'll, have, will be. they'll have their day. Maybe It'll that's happen. that's what I need to do. There you I go. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> no one take that idea. We recorded it. It's time and date yeah. stamped. It was Jill's okay. idea. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I'm the only Basque person. <laughs> Um, it is a good idea, though, because some of those stories that you've told me, they are bonkers yeah, and know, really it's, interesting. It's pretty wild. So, you know, and I like it. I feel like it. Uh, one of my best friends, like she has um, Colombian heritage and Mexican heritage. And like, I don't know, like learning about the mythology that she knew growing up. I don't know. It makes me feel like closer. Yeah. And stuff like that. Where it's sure. like, oh, I, get your, I get where you're coming from a little bit mm -hmm. better. Yeah, because their stories are different. And I think it makes people feel close to their own heritage, mm -hmm. too. Like, you know, myth is one of those things. Myth and food are those things that stick around way longer when other parts of your culture get erased. Right. So it's a touchstone that people want to share. Yeah, because it's like when you go into um, like the Egyptian tombs and stuff, it's like, who's on the walls? All the deities. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And it's fascinating and it's still alive and well. It may have changed how it looks, you know, the the way that we share the stories and even the lessons that we learn from the stories mm -hmm. are different mm -hmm. now than they were. Um, but they're still here. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think we're going to we're like close to mm -hmm. a point at which we're like, Psh, these stories are so old. We're just not going to tell them anymore. No, like no, because oh, when I read Circe by Madeline Miller. I mean, everybody knows Cersei, mostly. <laughs> but I always really liked her in the Odyssey, right? But then I was like, man, I want to know, like, more about what her deal was. And then, like, slowly over time, I put more pieces together. But then Madeline Miller wrote this bitchin' book. <laughs> it was just so good. Yeah. All the, and it was just like, this is what Cersei's life was. And it's it's very faithful mm -hmm. to the original. But then, yeah, then you, then you've got... Lore Olympus, which is like, <laughs> this is the general story. It's kind of modern. It's kind of not, you know, they have cell phones. <laughs> sure. Like you do. But there's still the gods. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And I like that there's a, like, no matter what kind of retelling you're looking for, there's a version for Very you. Very true. Yeah. 
You want a horror? I mean, it. you want a horror book? They got you covered. You want <laughs> yeah. romance? They got you covered. You want like adventure? Got you covered. You know, like anything you're looking for, any genre that you're looking for, mm-hmm. the stories really cross all the genres, so you can pick up that story and like tell it in any way that you want. Yeah, and and I again, I'm super excited that like. I I really liked Stephen Fry's Greek retellings a lot, but like, yeah, now it's cool that it's like, okay, well now there's more like coming out of Africa and there's mm-hmm. more coming out of South America and, and Asia and all those other places that we don't hear about so much. And uh, last Christmas, one of my friends gave me a book of Japanese mythology, which I'm not very familiar with. Me either. Very cool. I just know like Kitsune. Um, that's probably one of the biggest stories that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm really excited for stuff yeah. like that. And th- and that book's just like the straight up, this is the original tale. So then I'm like, oh, now I got to go find like <laughs> cool uh, like retellings of, mm-hmm. of those stories. And-, and anime has been retelling the Japanese like, you know, mytho- mm-hmm. mythological stories for decades. Right. I'm not terribly familiar with anime personally but i do know that is part yeah. of it and that's a really cool way to kind of, i mean i'm not that familiar with the anime genre either but that's a cool way to kind of like introduce whole new versions of these like cultural touchstones that mm-hmm. people know or maybe don't know and need to get familiar with mm-hmm. so you know like you look at pokemon just as a really mm-hmm. like rudimentary example so many. There's another series that I'm interested in. And again, I, I'm not going to check. My phone's being a little. <laughs> no good reads busy-ish. here right now. <laughs> but I know that the title of the book is City of Brass. Mm. And I know that that is about mythology from India. Cool. Which I'm very interested. But I know that those are like bug killers. Those are like gigantic yeah. books. And I think it's a trilogy. So I'm Oof. I'm interested in that because all you ever really hear about from that is like Ganesh mm-hmm. and like the Shiva the, and like yeah that's what you learned from Indiana Jones yep, that's pretty basically. much what gets exported and I would like to know more about that but I also know that like the gods of Hinduism are like that's complicated there's a lot there's of a them. lot of them the stories so, are really complex yeah yeah so I'd be interested to to read that and the cool thing is that now it's available mm-hmm. yep it's available and it's like modern you don't feel like you have to go to the library <laughs> even oh though gosh. you and i love going to the I mean, library love it, love it but you're right it, well i mean especially where i was at it was really hard to find any of that because mm-hmm. nobody else was reading it so like so it wasn't stocked where it, you were yeah yep just wasn't there and even if it was i mean i grew up in new york city tons of libraries tons of books the chances that the book that you pick up and read was written by not a white man mm-hmm. were very slim then in right. the like you know 90s stuff because there were usually older books written in like the 19, you know, the early 1900s, even the 1800s mm-hmm. when someone was like, these people told me these stories and maybe I translated everything wrong. And like, who cares? This is me telling you the stories. It's way different now mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. I mean, like even just the availability of like the Grimm's fairy tales, it's like there's the disney <laughs> fairy tale and then there's the actual. The oh my God nightmare fuel. <laughs> Um, and some of the Grimm stuff got lightened up because they wanted to be able to sell their books. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there, and there's the real 
germ like especially the german ones my god it's a dark time it's a um, ger- <laughs> it's scary stuff yeah and i just like that we're at a point now where we know like this is an altered version mm-hmm. so but you still could most of the time go back and find fairly close stuff particularly for the european ones as as you said it was mostly written by a dead white guy but i mean look at how much we know about the egyptian mythology mm-hmm. though yeah I mean, also a lot of the time written by dead white guys, but but the original source is there. Yep, there's a lot of writing to pull from, right. even if it might be mistranslated <laughs> or right, misunderstood. But, uh, but hopefully, there's like somebody who actually um, is from Egypt who can yes translate that better. And, and that's a big thing now. Like, yeah, you know that's that's great that we're kind of going back and saying like, okay, people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Please tell us what the fuck we should be talking about right now. You know, like giving that voice back to the people whose stories they are Mm -hmm. instead of like, I'm going to tell your story for you. It's very cool to see that starting to pick up speed and and happen. Yeah. I love it because I, I feel like it's so much more special to have that like true storyteller moment. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, the actual person that, Mm -hmm. like, actually cares. And, like, it's their – they're telling you something about their history and themselves. It's so much more special. I like how, yeah, it's getting woven into things. Like you said, like, in horror books, like Stephen Graham Jones. Mm -hmm. There's Native American myth woven into those. And And storytelling for that is, like, a huge tradition. So it's very cool that, like, he's picking up that storytelling tradition and, like, doing it in a really modern way. Mm-hmm. so awesome yeah it's a trend that i'm actually on board with for once in my life so yeah i like it maybe putting team. putting aside some um, of the <laughs> i mean it appeals to somebody it's just not yeah me but i you know <laughs> we're all different right yeah and i mean if you want to tell a story where like the greek gods are actually different aliens and like you want to tell like a rip roaring you know sci-fi adventure through space like cool go for it that's super creative i'm here for it i might read it i might not read it personally but do it man that's cool if it makes you happy i'm excited for you <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk about next time so i have finally thank you pandemic watched (laughs) spider-man no way home yay (laughs) i can't believe i avoided spoilers this long either but wild i went in mostly unspoiled and i finally seen it and you've you got to go to the theater and see it i saw it on christmas eve that was the last time i saw it so i need to watch it again so i can get a refresher it's available now you can Mm -hmm. purchase it digitally um which is what i did what my husband and i did and i finally have seen it so we can finally talk about it oh my gosh i'm so excited my goal was to watch it before Multiverse of Madness came out, and I made my goal. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you need to see that. Before. Yeah, I was not going out of order. Madness. That was not happening. So mm-hmm. it has You can't to go out of order when there's a multiverse. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just can't. Otherwise, you'd be like, what the actual? <laughs> yes. Like, what is going on here? And you get accidental spoilers, and it's just a mess. Mm. So finally watched it. So we're going to revisit... <laughs> Um, a movie from, you know, like four months ago and uh, finally talk about it. Yay, Spider-Man. Yay, Spider-Man. So there will be spoilers about if you have not seen it, you have two I'm weeks. I was going to say Marvel spoilers because at this yeah, point. Like 
you can't talk about one thing without talking about the other things. Girls. You can to some extent when they don't. And Sony spoilers. And, yeah. And, and just whoever else has just been involved everything. in the multiverse, you know? You just, you can't, can't not, you can't talk about anything in isolation when it no. comes to the MCU. It's impossible. So um, you've got two weeks. You can go find it. It's available. It's still in the freaking movie theater here. It's because it's awesome. <laughs> I like looked it up to like download it and it still had movie times and movie showings. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it's still on the screen. So you have multiple different ways that you can watch it depending on your comfort level. But come back in two weeks ready for some spoilers. Yes. Because I'm ready to give some spoilers now that I've seen it. I'm Yay. very excited. All right. Well, we'll see you then. Yes. Bye. Bye.